In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures of all time are reaching their 30th anniversary, your host, John Reed, decided to take a break from talking about movies that are turning 30 to talk about a musical that is turning 30. Starting in 1984, Starlight Express, done by Andrew Lloyd Webber, has stunned audiences with its amazing roller skating tricks, mixed in with music, acting, and special effects. This time around on the 30-something movie podcast, we are talking the musical Starlight Express. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. This time around, we're going to skew off a little bit from our usual coverage of movies uh, and talk about um, an alternate 1980s, um, the 1980s of musical theater. Now, I am not going to pretend to be an expert at all on musical theater. Uh, I've been to a lot of shows, but I am—I was never in musical theater. Uh, my brother and sister did that during high school, um, but I never had any part of that. So I'm not an expert. I won't be able to go into the technical aspects of all this. But the one thing I do know about this is that I do love uh, this particular musical. And the reason that this came up was I realized this is something that was started in about 1984. That was when the first run started on London's West End. And we actually just saw this the other day. Uh, It's really, really difficult to find a show of Starlight Express being done anywhere uh, outside of Germany, I think right now. Um, but the local high school, actually the, the high school that I went to, uh, for high school, they are, they put on, it was already, it's already done now. It was last weekend. They put on a production of this and I was blown away by how, what an amazing job these high school kids did with a play that I've always thought would be difficult for, uh, adults to do. So, and actually I was looking on the Wikipedia entry for this and they are listed. It's Libertyville High School in Libertyville, Illinois, just uh, about a half hour or so north of Chicago. And it's listed under the Wikipedia entry for amateur productions. And uh, I guess the licensing group is called the Really Useful Group Limited. And they license the amateur rights to the show to academic groups. And uh, it's the, looks like it's the 2012 version, which is not one that I've seen. Um... And they do mention in here, Libertyville High School is currently in production for Starlight Express and is set to perform November 2015, which they've already done. Uh, Libertyville is one of the first high schools in the United States to produce Starlight Express. Uh, Production is under the direction of Christopher Thomas um, and is the first to cast Papa, the character of Papa, as a female, changing the role to Mama. Um, So it was just interesting to see how they made a couple of changes there and interesting to see that um, my old alma mater is listed in there as one of the first high schools to do this production and just an amazing job. The sets, the costumes. Um, I was excited to take my kids to this because I first saw Starlight Express in one of the original U.S. tours. Um, They did. I know that initially when this started in London, it started in 1984 on the West End and then it went through a couple of other productions. They had a 1987 Broadway production, which I don't think lasted for a really long time. Um, 
And then they had the Japanese-Australian tour, and then they started in Germany. The U.S. tour that actually started in 1989 would have been the first time I saw it. It was um, later in, in the early 90s. We moved to England, and I saw it at least once or twice over there, uh, different productions. But when I originally saw this was in Dallas. Uh, we were living in Dallas, living in Texas at the time, and I was probably about – Oh, probably nine or ten years old. And my dad took us to see Starlight Express. We had no idea what this was. He took us to see it uh, at the State Fair of Texas. And so they had this theater set up. And I'm trying to remember now. I, my memory is going to be a little fuzzy here. I'm trying to remember now if this was the production where they had a stage set up in the front with an extra head kind of the, the track jutted out a little bit in front of the audience. And I'm trying to remember if this was the theater that had a track that went behind the audience or if that was when we went to go see it in London. And I'm kind of fuzzy on this now because I was a kid at the time. But one of the tracks I remember seeing this on, they actually had the track go around the audience. And one of the times I think I remember there being a track that was on a second level. So there was almost like a double-decker track as the folks went around. Some of them, a lot of the productions have used video for that if the stage or the theater is not big enough to to let you build a full-size track. When they go off stage, then all of a sudden you see on a video screen the racing that's happening. And the high school production that did this, it was uh, they did it in a very clever way. They had a screen that came down when they got to that point and uh, showed them scenes of them racing through the hallways at the high school or racing around the lake uh, that was behind the high school. Just it did an amazing job of this. Um, but this Starlight Express, it's been of the different – Musicals. You're living in London. We saw several musicals. Um, my all-time favorite of which being Les Misérables. Um, but we saw Les Misérables. We saw Phantom of the Opera. We saw, um, oh gosh, I mean the the list just goes on. Starlight Express, Cats, all of those, all the big ones um, that were out in the early to mid '90s. But this is the one that, of all the other ones, I think it just as a kid it was just so crazy. And it captured my imagination so much. We had a house uh, in Texas when I was growing up, my sister and I. This house was pretty much one big circle. You could you could walk around the house, and you would end up back where you started. There was a long hallway uh, that separated my parents' room from the kids' rooms, and then that hallway looped around into kind of a uh, like a den or a guest room area looped around then into the kitchen, which then looped around into the living room, which then that living room looped around back into that long hallway where my parents' bedroom was. And I remember after seeing this in Dallas, uh, my dad bought us the soundtrack and either that was the greatest thing he ever did, or it was the worst mistake because we took that soundtrack, we took it home, we put it in the tape player and we cranked up the volume and my sister and I raced around that house pretending that we were, we were these trains. And, you know, we probably slammed each other in the wall a few times. I probably slammed her in the wall a little bit more than she slammed me into the wall because I'm bigger. Uh, and I was a little bit older. But, you know, I, I think there was a little, a little back and forth there. But we just, we pretended that we were these trains. And just a blast. Just had a blast with this. Loved the music. Loved the whole imagination piece of this. Um, so before I get too much further, I guess, if you've never seen this before, I'll give you a little bit of the story. I don't want to give away the ending, um, and it's all, all about trains racing, so I don't want to give away who ends up winning uh, in the train races. But I will tell you a little bit about the characters and a little bit about the plot. 
basically Starlight Express is the story of a child uh, getting ready to go to bed and he is playing with his trains and he is setting up a race between his trains and trains are coming in from all over the world, different nationalities, and they are going to uh, race to see who is the best. And of course you have so the, some of the characters you have, just voiceover characters, you have the child, uh, you have the child's mother telling him to go to bed. Um, then the engines that you have, you have Rusty. He's an American steam engine uh, who wants to enter the race and win, but obviously he's an older uh, engine than the rest of them. So, you know, his chances maybe are, don't seem quite so good. Uh, we have Papa, or sometimes he's called the Chief. Uh, in the high school production, it was a, a, a girl that played the part, so they changed it to Mama. And she just did an outstanding job. It just The voice on that high school kid was just amazing. Um, but this is an old champion steam engine um, that came before Rusty. Then there's Greaseball, the macho American uh, diesel engine and the reigning champion. You've got Electra is the American electric engine, um, is the engine of the future. Then you have some of the coaches. These are typically played by uh, women. You have Pearl, the observation car, Dinah, the dining car, Ashley, the smoking car, Buffy, the buffet car, uh, Belle, the sleeping car. And then there's a couple of other um, maybe ones that have some non-speaking parts. You've also got Electra's um, coaches as well. Uh, Jewel and Volta show up as well. Then you have the freight trucks. When I saw it, they were Rocky 1, 2, and 3. They, I guess, now have been replaced by the Hip Hoppers 1, 2, and 3. Um, and so the music is a little bit more hip hop. When I saw it, I, I remember them being, um, you know, acting a little bit more like a Sylvester Stallone, Rocky kind of character. But they've since updated that, changed it a little bit. Then the freight trucks, uh, the other freight trucks, you've got Flat Top, uh, Dustin, and CB, the Red Caboose. Uh, he's kind of the uh, backstabber of the whole thing. Uh, oddly enough, he's the caboose and, and he's the backstabber. Um, then we have Electra's cars, and they've kind of updated some of those since I had seen the production. They have some of the other engines from other um, from other countries. Uh, I think Bobo was the name of the French engine. Uh, Espresso was the name of the Italian engine. Ruhrgold, uh, he, actually the German one has had different names, but Ruhrgold is the one that they used. I don't remember what they did when I was a kid, um, but they had used Ruhrgold as the German engine's name in the high school production we just saw. Turnov 1, uh, or Turnov, is the um, Trans-Siberian Express engine from Russia. Uh, Nintendo, of course my son loved that the Japanese train was named Nintendo. Uh, then we have the Prince of Wales, the English engine who always shows up late. Uh, and then there might have been a couple of others. Um, they had, of course, for the high school production, they had kind of truncated this and only used um, a few of those. They didn't do all of them. And then, of course, Greaseball and Electra both have their gangs that kind of follow them around and, and show up when they have their kind of featured songs. And the story of this is they're obviously coming together to race to see who is the fastest engine. So it's a child's imagination falling asleep uh, and then dreaming about these train races and then the whole idea of the Starlight Express is this is meant to be kind of a representation of God, a representation of faith, um, because when Rusty realizes that he doesn't have the same power and speed that the others do, he knows that he's never going to be able to win this race, but he is encouraged by the others saying, look, if you just ask the Starlight Express, tell the Starlight Express what you are concerned about, what your troubles are, and the Starlight Express will answer your call. Um, and it's meant to kind of give him faith and give him strength to be able to go on and, and compete in this race and, and possibly to win. 
And so that's what ultimately the, the Starlight Express is, is meant to be a representation of faith, uh, faith in yourself, faith in God. So one of the unique elements of this whole show is the fact that everything is done in roller skates. Um, that wowed me the first time I saw this as a kid. And obviously that makes it more difficult because you don't just have to learn your lines and sing and you know where you're supposed to be on stage. You're doing it on skates. Now, I'm not a coordinated person at all, so there is no way, as much as I enjoy this, there's no way I'm ever going to act in a production of Starlight Express because I, the roller skate thing, I would die. It wouldn't even happen. So apparently, as I looked some of this up, apparently they spend two to three months training in roller skates just to get kind of that part of it down. Um, when I was talking with somebody who had worked on this high school production that we saw uh, last week, they had mentioned that the students had been working on this since July. So their production was in November. They had been working on the roller skating piece of this since July. So several months working on this. And I will say that watching the high school group, there were very few mistakes. I mean, there were a couple of times where they had some close calls and and somebody you know was a little bit late in in passing in front of somebody else. Um, but I think most of the audience probably didn't notice that and they just did an amazing job of this and clearly they had practiced quite a bit. Um, and if there were any mistakes, they did a nice job of kind of, uh, seamlessly just making it look like that was meant to happen. Um, but, uh, just, just a, a great job in this production that they did. So some of the, I'll go through some of the, the favorite songs, um, in this, of course, there is the overture, which I played uh, at the opening of the show, um, as well as kind of the introduction of the Starlight Express theme. Then we have some of the songs like the Rolling Stock song and the um, Pumping Iron song for Greaseball. We've got a lot of locomotion from the, uh, from the um, uh, coaches. One of their songs, we've got the entry of, of all the different national trains. One of my absolute favorite songs, and I'll play a little bit of some of these for you. One of my absolute favorites that I'll play here in a second is the ACDC song, When Electra Comes Out. And I loved that character as a kid because each production that I saw, they had some crazy way of showing this electric train. The one we saw with the high school, they had all uh, this light up costumes and he had uh, laser pointers attached to his fingers. So the lasers were going out in the, into the audience um, and... Yeah, and I've seen other ones where Electra has this ridiculously huge mohawk and he's got sparks flying out of his costume and, and all kinds of uh, just, just crazy costumes and crazy set pieces with this. So I'm going to play a couple of these for you. Uh, the first one is going to be the Greaseballs Pumping Iron song. Um, and the great thing about this is as, you listening, as you're listening to the music and you're watching them perform on the stage, they're really acting like trains, like they're churning their arms the way you'd expect a, a train wheel to go. Um, and in some of the music, you're almost hearing something go over the tracks. You're hearing a or kind of a, a whistling, or they just incorporate so many of those little bits and pieces into the music itself that you just get you get wrapped up in the whole thing, and, and it just seems to, everything seems to flow smoothly and fit in with the whole theme of this being all about trains. Uh, so let me play a minute for you of the uh, Pumping Iron song. This is Greaseball, um, and some of the uh, coach cars are featured in this song.
So this character always had a very uh, kind of Elvis vibe when I saw it in London and Dallas. Um, but uh, this was, I think this was my son's favorite character just because he was, he was the American and he was very confident and, and sure of himself. And so he liked this character until he found out later on he was a little bit of a villain. And they still kind of liked him anyway. Now, I had mentioned earlier that one of my favorite songs in this was the introduction of the electric car. And uh, in that introduction, it was the song ACDC in which they introduce Electra. Um, and in that, you always had um, it was a little bit of a laser show effect and, and a lot of smoke and a lot of neon lights and things like that. Um, so here is the song ACDC that introduces the electric train, Electra. So this as a kid was always my favorite character because he'd come out in these light up costumes and these uh, electric neon lights all over his costume and uh, sometimes had this huge um, mohawk on his head and maybe sparks flying out of his costume and they'd always this is where the, the theater would go dark and you'd have a, a like a laser light show with smoke and and all kinds of stuff and I just always thought that was the coolest part of the show as a kid that just the, the special effects that they had going on and and just the uh, you know, the whole vibe, pardon the, the pun there, but the whole vibe of his character um, and just, you know, that was that was always my favorite in watching the show. Um, then we get to the race music. Uh, there's a couple of other songs here and there, and I, and I will play uh, a, a moment of those. But uh, we get to the race music, and that's kind of the big part that my sister and I would play this music over and over again. And um, I told my kids about this, that when my dad, if, if we didn't ride the bus to school in the morning, uh, my dad might drive us sometimes. And, and if it was my dad and my sister and myself and we were in the car, where we lived um, in that one point, uh, we lived in uh, Texas, uh, not in Dallas where I was born, but uh, another place in Texas, uh, McKinney, there was this long stretch of road from where we lived to um, getting into the main part of town. And it was this long, straight stretch of road surrounded on either side by, I think it was either fields or farms. And 
there was no spot for a policeman to hide anywhere. And it was this nice long stretch of road. It was raised up a little bit from the rest of the uh, land so that sometimes when it would flood, you'd, you'd almost get a little bit of like a, a lake on either side of this road. And I remember that sometimes when we'd get to this point where we'd turn onto this long stretch of road, he would put this, he'd have this tape in the car and he would put on the race music and the race music starts off with a countdown, countdown from 10. And then as it counts down and the, the kid uh, voiceover yells, trains go, he would set his foot down on that accelerator and we would just start flying. And I remember my sister and I just probably just cackled that we were having so much fun pretending that we were in one of these trains that were racing down the road. Um, so every time I hear this music and now I've, I've burned a CD of this for my kids and I'm sure they're going to be racing around the house. Now the, the problem is my house now is much smaller than the house I grew up in. So hopefully they don't race around too much because there's not a whole lot of room to be racing around. Um, basically it's a mini track. They'll just race around the coffee table. But, um, so this, every time I hear this race music, it just brings me back to kind of those memories of riding in the car with dad and, and having him just slam down on the accelerator and, and speed up, um, or racing around the house and shoving my sister into the wall and uh, doing stuff like that. So here's some of the, um, there's a couple of different ones. There's the heat one race, and I think there's the downhill final race, and they're very similar to each other, so I'll play a little bit of each one. And the races are pretty dramatic too. I mean, it's nothing like a you know going to a roller derby, but um, you know, actually, that explains I think maybe why my mom and dad started going to roller derbies later on in life is that they maybe got it from Starlight Express and then they just continued to enjoy it from there on out. Um, so, I mean, it's all scripted. It's a it's a play. So you know, even when they're pushing and shoving each other um, on the video that they show, or if they're going around the crowd, around the audience, um, you know, it, it's. You know that it's a stage play, so they're, they're not going to be really shoving each other. Um, but they do a great job acting the whole thing through, and um, it's all very dramatic. And I, the one time that I remember there being a track that went around the audience, I've seen other tracks where they've created, I don't know if it was in Germany. Uh, this has been touring through Germany. It's been very popular over there. Um, but I've seen some tracks in which the audience is sitting in groups, like clumps of people, and there's several tracks, like figure eight tracks going around the audience. And um, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, this, and I know that they did a tour uh, for a time in Las Vegas. This show just seems like it's tailor-made to be shown in some huge auditorium in Las Vegas, um, you know, where you've got people doing the stunts. Because they do have people other than the 
you know, the main actors, they're singing, they're doing their thing, and they're doing some of their own stunts as well. But they do have some people that maybe don't have a speaking or singing part that are just there for, for specific stunts um, and just doing some crazy, amazing things. Um, so, but the, the races were always fun. Then, of course, you have the comedic moments where you have the different trains that are, you know, in relationships with each other, racing with each other. And you have Dinah, the dining car, who is spurned by um, Greaseball, and she's very upset about that. So then she has her key song um, where Greaseball pretty much leaves her in the dust and and takes Pearl, um, the observation car, with him. And so Dinah's not very happy because she knows that Pearl kind of has her options between any of the guys, whether it's Electra, Greaseball, or Rusty. And Dinah's not very happy about it. So when she gets upset, she has kind of her big song that she has been uncoupled, but she can't come, she can't bring herself to say the word uncoupled. Um, and that's kind of, it's got a funny bit uh, at the end because we are a family friendly podcast. Um, I may not necessarily play the end of the song because she does spell out a word that uh, expresses her feelings towards Greaseball. Don't cry, tell me why I've been, gee, it's awful. I know it's absurd, I've been. No, I can't say it. I can't say the word. funnier numbers of the show is Papa's Blues. Now, when we saw it, they had replaced the character of Papa with Mama, um, but Papa is supposed to be the older steam train that uh, Rusty goes to for advice and is the older champion of the races, um, and Papa's Blues is just a funny song that uh, deals with some of the tropes of blues music um, and just has a funny take on We chuckle every time we listen to this in the car now. Talking rockets. I think the first line of the blues is always sung a second time. So by the time you get to the third line, you've a time to think of a rhyme. Good, 
And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about and introduce the um, introduction of the Starlight Express theme. You know, you don't you hear it uh, in the background of a lot of the different songs, and it's it's a little piece that's played here and there. Um, you know, you see it show up as as a little uh, little tag on the in the middle of another piece of music, or you you know, it's kind of like when you listen to Star Wars and uh, you hear the Imperial March, the dun dun dun. Dun, 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 and you hear it across other types of music. Same kind of thing. And I, again, I'm not a musical person. I should have Pat on here to, to tell me a little bit more about that. But um, that's something where it's just, you hear it throughout the rest of the musical. Um, but the one song where it does show up is the Starlight Express introduction. Uh, and there's the I Am the Starlight that Rusty uh, ends up singing later on. not add up to a lot and the way your heads amazed you've used everything inside you so maybe it's time you tried to find a brand new power to shine a light a light to Stress is there all around. Starlight Express will answer you, yes, he's waiting to be found. Starlight Express, here's your distress, he's there all around. Starlight Express will And then, of course, there is the great ending number. And, of course, for you know, for a, a musical that is a mixture of you've got some blues, you've got a little bit of a gospel sound to some of the songs with Papa. Um, and then you've got the kind of faith. Um, I mean, they don't overplay it to, to being a religious story, but it is about faith, about strength. Um, and it leans back and forth between faith in whether Starlight Express is God or it's faith in yourself, believing in yourself kind of a thing. Um, because the, the I am the starlight, obviously, kind of leans into that. Um, but then you get the, the last number and it's just, I, I can't think of a show that I've been to where the audience did not either get on their feet or start clapping along with the, 
with all of the actors on stage. And just a great way, of course, you're mixing that faith part of it. You're mixing the trains. It, it's just a, a rocking finale uh, for this musical. And it, it's been a fun time every time I've seen it. And the, the last one is The Light at the End of the Tunnel. You could be converted. What do you mean? Rebuilt with a new and better form of power. You mean I could be converted to steam? Sure could. And with steam, you'd be on the arm. the Unbelievers, electricity is wrong. Steam has got the power that will pull us along. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. The inside might be as black as the night. So that's going to do it for our coverage of Starlight Express. I, and the reason I brought this up is because it's something that came out in the mid 80s. Um, it's something that every single time I've seen it, I loved it. I just saw it uh, at my alma mater, the high school, and they did an awesome job with it. Hopefully other schools and other places will pick this up and do something. I know it's a crazy production because of the roller skating and the special effects and all the other stuff that goes into it. But it's just, you know, for something, Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote this uh, as something for his kids at the time. And it just, it's one of those things that, you know, as a kid and even as an adult, it just captures your imagination. I feel like even as an adult, if I hadn't seen this before as a child... I would still be amazed by this show uh, and just love the music. And it's, it's got the good mix of humor. And I love the fact that every single time I've seen this and it was lost on the American audience when the British rail train shows up, it always shows up late. And I was the only one laughing in the theater uh, at the high school when that happened. And my, my wife just kind of looked at me because she knows I lived in England. So she, she knew what I was laughing at, but uh, the American audience didn't quite get that joke. Um, but otherwise, just an awesome, awesome show. If you ever get the opportunity, I have looked and looked to see if a professional production is touring the U.S. And right now, it looks like they're just in Germany. Um, they've had a couple touring here and there in London, but there's nothing in the U.S. right now. So I'm going to keep checking because the moment I see that they're coming to the U.S. and fingers crossed they end up coming to Chicago, um, I'm going to get tickets. I almost don't care what they cost. I'm going to get tickets because I want to take my kids to see a big professional production of this um, because it is amazing. It is fun. Um, the only other ones that I would pay that much money for, you know, whatever they whatever they want to charge, I'd pretty much pay for would be uh, Les Miserables. And uh, the other one that I saw in London that I also love is uh, called Return to the Forbidden Planet. I don't know that I'll ever see that one over here in the States, but it's a great mixture of Shakespeare, Star Trek, and a musical. Um, so if that has excited you at all, go take a look for, uh, for Return to the Forbidden Planet. Um, and the musical, it's all like 50s and 60s music, so it's, it's great. Um, so that's going to do it for this time around. Um, we are, again, available on Twitter at 30podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. 
We are on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. Feel free to go leave us a review on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing and you'd like to donate to the podcast or you want to visit us on our provider page, that's the30podcast.podbean.com. There's a link that says Be My Patron. You can click that and donate to the show. You can also give us a call. Our phone number is 87235-MOVIE. That's 87235-MOVIE. And if you want the numbers for that, that's 872-356-6843. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.